Good morning, church. Good to see you. Although I can't see you, but I, I love it. So many people that I run into, you guys are like, man, we, I say, I miss seeing you. And you're like, well, we see you every week. So that's awesome. Uh, as Pastor Chach reminded us, we, we do long to connect with you. Pastor Angie said that in the announcement video and it's coming soon. It's coming soon. So let's be faithful and, and hang on. Today, we're going to launch a new series entitled Promises promises. You know, when you look up that word promise in the dictionary, here's what you're going to find. A promise is a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. Here's what we want you to see as we launch into this new series today, that when God makes a promise to his people, check this out, it's going to happen. It will come to pass. You know, the Bible's loaded with promise after promise from Genesis all the way to the end of the, 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 the Bible, the book of Revelation. You're going to find thousands upon thousands. Some resources say that there's about 3,500 promises that God's made to, to us. So some say around, around 5,000, even some say up to 7,000, right? There, but whatever number you land on, that is a lot of promises. It's, it's a lot of, of truths that God has said, hey, this is going to happen. You can count on it, bro. You can depend on me to see this through. We, we can read all about these promises that God has given us, but the question is, do we really believe it? Do we really believe that God will do what he said he will do? Here's what we believe at 1910, and this is the heartbeat of this preacher right here. If he said it, we believe it. If he said it, we believe it. Today, we're going to look at one of those promises, and here's the promise we're going to look at today. God's promise to this, he said this to us, I will never fail you nor abandon you. Some translations say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Today's promise that we want to unpack for you is God said, I will never fail you nor abandon you. Hey, have you ever seen that TV show called Alone? Uh, alone. It's, 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 a, it's a show where, 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 where they gather contestants and, and they ship them out, put them on some remote island, uh, n- normally in, in, in extreme circumstances and weather conditions. And, and they place these contestants uh, on, on this island in, in various locations. And, 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 and the whole premise of the show is that, that these contestants must learn to survive on their own, all alone. And, 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 and these contestants, you know, they, they have a, 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 a radio where they can tap out at any moment. They can call for help. Uh, I don't know how they get a video crew with them there. I don't know if it's just the GoPro or what, but somehow somebody's recording all this. And, and we're fascinated by that. We watch it time and time again. And, and these contestants, hey, listen, th- this is not some door greeter at Walmart that's on this show. Th- th- this is the, the toughest of the toughest. I mean, these are the best of the best. These are 
are former military people. These are people that live off the earth. I mean, they're John the Baptist type people. They're eating grub worms and you know, drinking rainwater. Yeah, I mean, they, they're tough. They're given a list of, of some 47 items that they can choose to take with it. They can take 10 items out of this list of 47, whether it be in relation to, to shelter or, or clothing or, or, or whatever. Hygiene is one of those areas, but whatever. It's interesting because when you look at this list, they, they can take, with, without it counting towards their 10, they can take up to two pounds of beef jerky. They, they can take what many of you probably would choose up to two pounds of chocolate. Yes. Come on, somebody. That would last me for about 10 minutes, two pounds of that chocolate. But, but here's what you find when you watch this show alone. These are the toughest people, but many of them tap out early on. Weather conditions, illness hits, they get hungry. What, they tap out. You know why? It, it's, it's, it's because of all the adversity they face. But a lot of them, here's what you hear time and time again, is I miss community. I miss my family. I, I, I miss people. In fact, I think one of the items they can't bring is a photograph of family. I, I, I believe so. I'm, I'm not sure on that, but I think that's what I've been told. Why? They feel alone. And this idea of being alone causes so many of us to break. Let me ask you another question today. Have you ever been left somewhere alone? Now, maybe you didn't sign up, you didn't make the cut on this TV series alone, but have you ever been left alone somewhere? I have been left alone somewhere at an early age and it scarred me. My parents left me at church one Sunday. Yep, that's right. You know, I, I would like to think that I was the apple of their eye, the, 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 the you know, their, their prized whatever. But, but yeah, my parents, even in the midst of, of gathering with God's people, left me at church one week. Now, that's a scary thought for a little kid because I was told that when the, when the custodian starts locking the doors, that's when they let the snakes out, you know? And so I was terrified. But my parents said, have you ever been left somewhere alone? You know this feeling of feeling like, is there anyone else around? Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt abandoned? Wow. And maybe somebody for some of you has, has walked out of your life. For, for, for many of us, we, we, we understand this sense of being abandoned because, because we've maybe had, had a parent walk out of our life at some point in time, right? A lot of us men carry wounds of a father that, 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 that maybe left us and abandoned us at some point during those important years of our lives. You know, this season that we find ourselves living in, I think a lot of us can relate to those questions I just asked because this season has left us oftentimes feeling isolated. It's left us feeling disconnected. And let's just be honest, it's left many of us feeling all alone. This is week number 20, 21 weeks now. And I wanna tell you, I hit a point in, 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 in this, these 21 weeks where I personally felt so alone. Now, man, I was more connected than ever with Zoom calls and, 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 and staying connected with our staff via technology and, 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 and meeting after meeting after meeting. I mean, I was connected digitally, but that idea of not having anyone else, and my family was just, you know, 30 feet from me. I love them, but I still felt so alone. And many of you can relate to that. You have experienced those same emotions over these last 21 weeks. Maybe you find yourself today asking a question that, that many of us have asked. Where is God? 
Where is he right now in this season of of being disconnected, in this season of of wearing a mask and hand sanitizing from head to toe, in this season where where things are shut down and we're socially, have you been asking where is God? Maybe you've been asking, hey, is God really speaking to us right now? Because it just feels like he's not around. It feels like he's abandoned us. God, it seems like right now, You have failed us. Oswald Chambers, I read every day a a devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. And Oswald Chambers uh, wrote wrote this back in June. He, He asked this question. He says, what line of thinking do my thoughts take? Do I turn to what God says or do I turn to my own fears? Where have you turned over the last 21 weeks? Can you remember some of the promises of God? Have you been dialed into him and his word? Are you remembering what he said? Listen, if he said it, we need to believe it. Or are you still just, you know what, man, my fears have overtaken me. I feel abandoned. I feel alone. I feel like God is silent. I fear has sunk in. Today, the promise of God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never fail you. Or abandoning you. In fact, let's read that in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. The word of the Lord says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. The NIV translation says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. I love what the message translation says. It says, he's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Now, this was a message in the Old Testament written to encourage the people of Israel. Moses has has led them for years through their journey towards the promised land. Moses is getting old. He's received word from God. Hey, Moses, it's time for you. You will not see, you will not enter the promised land. And so Moses is encouraging this new leader, this young man he's passing the mantle of leadership off to called Joshua. And he's reminding them, Moses is reminding them what God has spoken and what he has said to them. And listen, would you agree that Israel faced tremendous adversity? This is a pivotal time in their journey. They've been longing and waiting for the promised land. And now this one who, who has been the human that's led them, he's now leaving. What, what are, didn't God say he would never fail us or abandon us? Hey, hey, didn't he? And, and it just even a couple of verses later, Moses is reminding them time and time again, hey, listen, despite the challenges, you need to hang on. You need to remember this promise of God. God wants you to, 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 to know that you can trust him. God will lead you to victory. He's not going to fail you. He will not abandon you. This was a a, a call for them to remain obedient during this, this time of adversity. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He would tell Joshua later on in Joshua chapter one, be strong and courageous. What do you do when it seems like God has left the building. When, what do you do? Who do you turn to when it seems like God is, is not involved in the situation you find yourself in right now? Do you continue to trust his promise? Do you hang on to that? Or do you turn and buy in to your own fears? Promises. We struggle with promises. You know why? Because we as humans oftentimes break them, don't we? 
All throughout our lives, are we not people say, hey, I promise you this. Hey, I will never do that. I will never, you know, many people make that promise on the day of their wedding. They stand before a, a minister or, or these days somebody who just watches a course on YouTube and, and, and they stand before their, their, their bride or the groom. They stand before a cloud of witnesses and they say, I will never. And they make these covenants with one another. They promise. And, but yet we find that we have a propensity as humans to break even those promises, don't we? I'll be with you through sickness and health, through good times and bad, for rich or for poor, right? I pledge and I commit my love to you. No one else. We say that, but we are so prone to break promises. And my concern is because we as human beings say, hey, I will never, never, never. And remember, we've been told never say never, right? Ask the Mets in the 1986 World Series, right? Never say never. Excuse me, Boston. Yeah. Never say never. We break those promises. And so what happens oftentimes is, is, is we say, well, because promises have been broken throughout my human lifetime, that must mean God is someone who, well, he might not follow through with what he said he would do. Well, let me just remind you today. He is God and we are not. And he is not like us. The promises that we find throughout scripture, whether they be the 3,500 or the 7,000 from Genesis to Revelation, we can count on it that God is a man of his word and what he said he will do. Folks, listen, he can be fully trusted. And my prayer is that you would take God at his word. You know, there was a time as we progressed through the history of the children of Israel, there was a time in which God was silent, didn't speak to them for 400 years. Can you imagine? The, the, these people that had been privy to the miracles of God time and time again, they had seen God walk through. They, had, they, had, they remembered how God led their ancestors through, 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 through the river and parted the waters. They remembered how they were hungry. They re, they've seen miracles of God time and time again. They've heard from these prophets that would come and speak on God's behalf. But now after Malachi, the last prophet, for 400 years, there's not a word from God. There's not a miracle being demonstrated. There's nothing. Can you imagine? Hey, these 21 weeks have, have tore me up on so many different levels, but can you imagine 400 years in which you don't hear from God? What would you do during that time? But that's exactly what we find between the Old and the New Testament and how the people must have felt abandoned, alone, God, I remember your word. You said, hey, I will never fail you nor abandon you. God, you, hey, listen, you said, be strong and courageous. You said, hey, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But God, we've not heard from you. It's not been one year or 10. This is 400 years. Where are you, God? And can you imagine how they must have been disillusioned and confused? Can you imagine how they must have struggled during those times? And it did get bad for them. Because they responded like so many of us do whenever we feel alone and abandoned. They begin to take matters in their own hands. They begin to forget the promises of God. 
although they remembered the miracles from, from what their ancestors shared and maybe what even they experienced, when God had been silent for so long, they began to question and doubt, where are you? Can you relate to that? When, when, when God goes silent, how do you respond? When it seems that God is, is, is distant and things are spiraling out of control, what do you do in those moments? Question, doubt, wonder. Is he really a man of his word? He said never. And I just wonder, does he, does he really, really mean that? And I wanna encourage, if I can, this morning, that even when we can't see God at work, he always is. And it's often that in our waiting that God is doing his greatest work. And in those 400 years when God was distant and silent, there was a mighty work that was taking place. I'm reminded in Luke chapter two of a, of a man by the name of, of Simeon. Simeon was a, was, was a great man of faith. And Simeon is living during this time and he had suffered under the, 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 the uh, uh, oppression that, that God's people were living under during these 400 years of silence. And Simeon had heard over and over again that God had forgotten them. God that, that was with, somehow he's done with us. He has abandoned us. And as a result, Simeon, this great man of faith, watched many of his fellow Israelites his neighbors walk away and begin to turn to other gods and begin to take matters into their own hands. And so can you imagine the surprise when what we read about in Luke chapter two takes place? Let me read it to you, beginning in verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took that child in his arms and he praised God saying, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people Israel. Hey, do you see what's happening here in Luke 2? It's not that Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus at eight days old to, to, into the temple to have him committed and, and, and to the Lord and circumcised. No, 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 no. What's happening is a prophecy being fulfilled. This man, Simeon, who's been holding on. I mean, can't you just imagine? Simeon's life is now complete. Lord, do not let me die until I see this promise fulfilled. Hey, Simeon say, drop the mic. Boom, my life can end right now because I have seen the one that God promised he 
would sin. The one that God said, hey, I will never fail or abandon. Listen, that promise now being confirmed here in Luke chapter two. If he said it, I believe it. So what about you? If God said it, will you believe it? And I don't know, Jason, it's hard. I get caught up in the day-to-day and the mundane. I'm needing a breakthrough in my life and I've been praying and I've been texting pray 1910 to that number 97,000 that you guys have been promoting. You stay at it, you be persistent, you keep pounding, you let us keep joining. Listen, at some point, God's gonna break through and his promise will be fulfilled in your life. Let me just remind you what it says in the book of Romans chapter eight, verses 10 through 11. Christ lives within you. And so even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. And then check out this promise in 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Come on. We have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is what this means within us. He's not left us. He's not abandoned us. Come on, believers in Christ, you're eat up with him. His spirit's in you is what the word says. He's not failed you. He's not left you. You can't get rid of him. So what does this promise mean for me? What, 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 do, what should I do with, with this promise that I'll never fail you? Know, how should I go about living? Three things quickly. Here's what I want you to see. Number one, you need to walk in confidence. You need to know that if God said it, you need to, believe, you need to walk in confidence. Hey, listen, God is for you. He's got you. If God is for us, who can be against us? Walk in that confidence. Number two, you need to know that God is at work. Even though you can't see it, throw that up on the screen, fellas. Even though you can't see it, he's at work. And even though it looks like things are out of control and the enemy's having a heyday, I'm telling you, God's at work. Listen, I don't think some of us could handle if we knew everything happening right. We couldn't handle it. Listen, some of you get all bent out of shape trying to figure out movies like National Treasure. You're still trying to figure out the Freemasons and stuff like that, right? So some of us, are, or one, when we watch TV shows like Scandal and Alias, hey, does that stuff really happen in our government? Listen, you drive yourself crazy just trying to figure out some of those things. I'm telling you, there's a war going on, a battle raging right now of, of epic proportions, and you just couldn't handle it all. You gotta trust that God's at work right now. You got to trust that. He knows what he's doing. He knew that things would get worse before they got better. He promised us that. John chapter 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble, but you need to take heart because I've overcome it. You walk in confidence, believer. Spirit's in you. You need to trust that God is at work. And thirdly, you need to trust that he's going to come through. He will. He's a man of his word. I love what Pastor Charles Spurgeon said. He said, God is too good to be unkind and he is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, 
we can trust his heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will never fail you or abandon you. Not for any reason, God says. Not for your sinfulness. Not for your selfishness. Not for your stubbornness. Not even when you turn your back and you go your own way. You need to know you might leave me. Mm. But I will never abandon you. So let me ask you today, are you in the midst of a season of waiting? Maybe it's been a long and frustrating and confusing months, maybe even years for some of you. Maybe you feel like God has failed you or God has abandoned you. Maybe he's forgotten you and and maybe you're beginning to lose some hope. Don't lose hope in God. His promise is that he's here. And he's at work and he's at work in our waiting. Even during this challenging of seasons, God wants to point us to Jesus. Jesus. He's in us, believers. And he's for us. And he will never fail or abandon us. God, thank you. Thank you, God. That even when we can't see you, we can trust your heart. Jesus' name.